You're listening to Broadview Church Sermon Audio. For more information or to donate to this ministry, go to broadviewchurch.ca. Well, good morning. I uh, see, well, I sort of see. I wonder if we could have the lights in the gym up so that I can actually see you. Uh, so, So I see you in person here this morning. So I understand that you actually got to get up out of bed, got out of your pajamas, if you wear pajamas, and you decided to get up, get dressed, and join us here in person. So why did you do that? You don't have to actually answer me. So, so what, I wonder, why, why did you choose to do that this morning? I was telling some people that uh, what we should do here in September sometime is have a pajama Sunday uh, so that we can kind of help people transition from watching church in pajamas to joining us here together. Uh, but why go to church? Why go to church? Why would anyone go to church? Why would anyone, like this morning, would, would choose to get up, to get dressed, leave the house, go among other people, and gather together in person? Why, why would people do that? Why would anybody give up their prime time on Sunday morning and go to this religious event? Why would anyone do this? Why would they do that when they could rather stay at home and sleep in or, or stay at home and relax and stay in their pajamas and have a leisurely morning having breakfast as you would or choose to go out and enjoy the day on a lovely day like this uh, today to maybe go to the beach once it warms up enough uh, or to go out and play a game of golf and so on, whatever you might be inclined to do. I remember when I was in my early teens, I asked that same question. And uh, so I decided, uh, why should I go? And I thought, for me, it wasn't a good enough reason, so I stopped going until something happened when I was 16 years old, and I suddenly wanted to go, and I've been wanting to go ever since. Now, I'm sure you've, you've probably all heard of the preacher who decided to go golfing one Sunday morning to skip out of church to go golfing. You, you've probably heard of this, and, and, and uh, apparently... Uh, St. Peter talked to Jesus, and he said, are you going to let him get away with that? And Jesus said, yes. And uh, so he's, he's, Peter's watching, and he's stunned about this, and, and he sees the pastor out there on the golf course, and, and lo and behold, wonder of wonders, the pastor gets a hole in one. And so exasperated, Peter asked Jesus, he says, why would you allow or even cause that to happen? And Jesus answered, well, who is he going to tell? Sorry. But for those who have a choice, not that I don't have a choice, but it kind of comes with the job that I'm involved in the ministry and what God has called me to. But why go? Why people that have a choice, why would they choose to go Sunday after Sunday? In 2001, in the census in Canada, 44% of Canadians declared themselves to be Catholic. 32% said they were Protestant. And 76% said they considered themselves to be Christian. Ten years later, in the census, and this is the last census information that I could find on this, uh, this number had dropped to where 39% claimed to be Catholic, 24% Protestant, and 67% Christian. Now that's how people identified themselves on the census in Canada in in those those 10 years. 
Back 21 years ago, in 2000, there was a survey that was done in Canada uh, about why, if, if people go to church uh, weekly or monthly or once a year and so on. And 22% of Canadians claimed to go to church every week back then. 8% beyond that said they went monthly, and 48% they went once a year. Now, in a recent Evangelical Fellowship of Canada survey, it suggests that only 10% of the people in Canada go to church regularly. So why should the 80 to 90% who don't go weekly, why should they go? Why would they go? And this was before COVID ever came along. And post-COVID, or once we get to being post-COVID, I'm reading that it is expected that church attendance on Sunday mornings will be about 36% of what it was before COVID came along. Now, they're anticipating that number will rise some, but won't go back to what it was before. So why would people go to church? And what reasons are people giving for not going to church? I mean, that's aside from in COVID days where, where we are, are, are concerned about interacting and catching COVID and so on, and the fear that we have, that's kind of come over us. So a few years ago in another community, we did a community survey, and we actually went door to door, and we asked the people if they went to church, and, and if they didn't go, uh, why, why they didn't go, or, or yeah, what stopped them from going, and then maybe what they would want if they did go to church. And so in that survey, we found that 30% said they were too busy to go. They were just too busy. 15% just said they don't know. 10% said they'd had a bad experience in the past, and so that kept them from going back. 10% said they just weren't interested. Interesting, just 10% said they just were not interested. And the remainder, they talked about being spiritual, but they did not relate to the institution of the church. Now, most of these answers reveal the notion that there was just nothing in church that they felt to be significant or relevant to them. Reg Bibby, in his book, The Restless Churches, said that 55% of adults and 39% of teens said they would be open to further involvement if they found it to be worthwhile. So what are people looking for? What would people consider to be worthwhile. So when we ask people about what they would look for if they were to go back to church or if they were to go to church, what would they look for? And uh, the people declared and talked about what they were looking for. Some of them talked about that they were searching for spirituality. They they knew they had this spiritual need and if they went to church, that's what they would be going to, to discover their spirituality and what that was all about. Others, they said that they would be looking for God. And they would search for God and and who God is. Uh, Others talked about they were looking for relationships and help with relationships and their relationships that they had. And others talked about what they would look for was genuine worship. Regardless of the style of music that was used, they were looking for genuine worship where they went there and people were actually genuinely worshiping, not just showing up and going through the motions. So what then is church? Aside from what people might be looking for or wanting, what actually is church? Now, of course, there is 
much more to church than Sunday morning services. Although sometimes that's kind of what we identify with church as we go to church and so on. So there is much more to it, but as we think about particularly what we do together on Sunday morning, what do we do, what do we have to offer that relates to what people are looking for? Now consider that, I want us to look at some instruction from the Bible in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. So if you want to turn there to follow along, that'd be wonderful. Here we have a suggestion as to what we are all about. What it is that we do as church, or what we ought to do as church, as the church, gathering together like this. Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verses 19 through to verse 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from our guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what do we have to offer as church? Or what is it that we do as church, as the church together? Well, first of all, as it talks about in verse 22, we draw near to God. It says, let us draw near to God. The first reason that we meet together here on Sunday morning is, in fact, that we would draw near to God. We come here to draw close to God, to focus on God, to put our attention on God, and where the Spirit of God draws us into connecting with him so that we draw closer to him, get to know him better. We talk about the fact that we worship on Sunday. We worship as we draw close to God. We're not simply here for entertainment. You can get entertainment in a lot of other places. We don't come here on Sunday morning simply, this is not like a concert. Where you go to a concert and you go over there and you trust you will enjoy the songs and and they'll make you feel good or whatever and and then you leave and so on. That's not why we're here. We hear, in fact, that we, when we sing songs, when we play music, when we have the band together, we're here in order that we might together draw close to God. We sing songs of praise. We sing these songs of praise not just because it feels good and because, oh, actually, I can hit that harmony part there or whatever. We, we sing these songs, in fact, to declare praise, to celebrate God. How great is our God? We celebrate him. We sing these songs so that together as we sing them, we declare that praise to him. And as we sing these songs, you know, we can think faster than we sing. And so what happens as we think faster than we sing, we tend to then go off in tangents with our minds. And you know what's amazing? If we're going to genuinely worship here as we sing these songs, and when it talks about how great is God, then I start to think about all the ways that God is great as I'm singing this. And I begin to focus on who God is, and it draws me closer to him. We sing songs of adoration, of how we, how we adore him, how we come to worship him. 
And as we sing these songs, we, we open our hearts to him and, and we express that adoration to him. We draw closer to him in that personal relationship with him. We sing songs of submission. Songs where we then respond in our hearts. Where we open our hearts to him and allow God to do his work in us. Where in that response where we sing about our submission and, and our need for forgiveness. Where we open our hearts to him and ask him to forgive us so that our lives are changed through that. That's why we do what we do here on Sunday morning, to draw close to God. All of worship is to draw close to God. And then as we pray together, as we pray together, we, we have somebody leading us in prayer or even songs that we sing that are songs of praise. There's so many songs, even the very first song we sang this morning is actually a prayer. It's us talking to God. And so we commune with God, we communicate with God as we draw closer, as we individually, as we hear, we, we take that time in those moments where we express ourselves before God. All of this is in order for us to connect with God, to draw close to him. But to do it with a sincere heart, to do it with a sincere heart where we where become in genuinely, and this is one of the biggest critiques of church over the years, is, is where people simply go there because of what's expected and go through the motions and go home. Then we have not truly worshipped. Where we come and sincerely open our heart without, without pretending, but truly coming before God and allowing God to work in us and allowing ourselves to focus and draw close to him. That is a key reason why we gather on Sunday. And if you agree, you can actually give an amen or something. Although I want you to be genuine about it. Secondly, we hold to the hope we profess. In verse 23, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. So we profess our hope. As we, as we search for our spirituality in that way of speaking, we, in fact, don't just discover that within us. We discover God. We discover God who is beyond us. And then as we respond to him, we come into a relationship with him. And we come into relationship with Jesus through faith in him. As we respond to him in faith. And then he gives us hope. That is really what the core of, of searching for spirituality is all about. It's in fact discovering God who gives us hope. That song we just sang before I came up, what was that about? Anybody remember it? I was really looking forward to that day when we're going to be face to face with our Lord. And it talks about the day that we're no longer going to be facing all the, the pain and stuff we face here. That is hope. We are professing our hope. As we sing a song like that, we are professing the hope that we have. We're declaring that I believe this. I confess this. I profess it. I will let the world know. And so we affirm our faith in song as we sing together. We, we confirm our faith in word. Now, of course, you can do this on your own. You can do this without coming here. But I wonder, do we? You know, there is something that it's easy for us to gradually let go if we're not connecting in community. And I think it's so important for us, and I think that's one of the reasons God designed the day of Sabbath 
as it were, and we treat Sunday as the Sabbath, to where there's that day when we reconnect and refocus on God, and through the millennia where God's people have gathered together to together encourage one another toward professing their hope. Thirdly, we motivate one another. Verse 24, let us consider how we may stir one another on toward love and good deeds. To spur one another on to love and good deeds. Now we do this through teaching. Through teaching like this, this is one of the ways that we, we spur one another on toward, toward love and the deeds that God has called us to. But we look to God's word, the Bible, as our instruction. We look to the Bible and say, what does the Bible teach us? It's not simply self-help. It's not just to feel good, to say things that make you feel good. Now, if I came here just to say things to make you feel good, I might get to, get to, to talk you into giving a little more or whatever, but that's not what we're here for. We're here, in fact, to see what does God word, how does it instruct us? Well, maybe when we listen to what he instructs us, maybe we would give more, but, but whatever. But, but, it, but it's the point of that we listen to his word, we look at his word, what is it teaching us? Now, what can we do about it? What will we do about it? Where we try to motivate one another. And I believe there is great value in communal teaching. But also to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, we need accountability. We need to have people coming alongside of us and asking how we are doing. Now, here's something that that I think we can learn from as we gather typically in a time like this. As you probably show up and you meet somebody and you say, how are you? And we, by asking the question, hope they don't actually tell us. Is that true? But we should actually mean what we ask that question. Because we should be asking each other the question to see how are you doing, how are you responding to God's work in your life. So that when we gather together, we actually have those meaningful, genuine conversations where we motivate one another, we hold each other accountable, and that we can come along and encourage. Now, sometimes when people ask us how we're doing and, and, and we know that we've been drifting off somewhere, those questions can be irritating to us. But it also talks about spurring one another on to things, okay? We need that bit of motivation. It's important. And we need to do that in relationship. And I believe it's so important that as we gather, we gather in relationship. We don't just come as an individual in isolation, come and take the time and then leave without ever connecting with anybody. It's important for us to connect with one another. Now, I know that in this time of COVID that we've been, we've been, we've been to the place to where, I don't know, can I talk to anybody? Are we allowed to be face-to-face and so on? But, but I think as we can, it is so important for us to find ways that we can actually connect with other people and build that relationship in relationship face-to-face somehow. Fourthly, and, and related to this, is we meet together to encourage one another. Let us not give up meeting together, it says in verse 25, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Now, it's, it's hard to do that unless we meet together somehow to follow this. You see, we all need encouragement, every one of us. If I were to ask you how many of you don't need encouragement, raise your hand, I probably wouldn't believe you, because we all need encouragement. We, we, we live in a world where we face challenges of life. We can get beat up in everyday life, in, in living life. People struggle with purposelessness and therefore need encouragement. People struggle with loneliness and need encouragement. Some struggle with insecurity and need encouragement. 
Some struggle and many struggle with relationships and need encouragement. Some struggle with finances in this demanding world and need encouragement, even as we're going to be doing here in the next few weeks. We need encouragement. And so we encourage one another through, through sharing with people again as, as we come here, as we connect. And this is one of the things that I wrestled with as the service was starting, knowing that, knowing that we had people gathering and, and fellowshipping and connecting in the foyer and, and we're beginning to worship here and the sound is there. So, so which is more important, connecting together in, in fellowship, maybe encourage one another or being together here? That's probably both important and we find times and ways we do that. But I think it's so important that we, we find ways that we connect with people before and after the service, maybe intentionally coming early or hanging around a little longer so that we can in fact be that encouragement for one another. Sometimes it's encouraging just to come here and see people that you haven't seen in some time. And how many times have you not come to a time like this when before you came you felt down and maybe discouraged and maybe didn't want to come but you came anyways and then you ran into somebody that you needed to connect with that particular day and you left here feeling encouraged. Amen? Yeah, that's important for us as God's people together as we walk with him and we grow with him that we encourage one another just to keep on going. Now, there's another Bible verse that talks about what we do as a church. And that's Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's an example of the beginning of the church as the church was getting started, the things that they did. And I think those are profound as, as I believe the Holy Spirit led them to that in those days. Acts 2, 42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. It talks about being devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, we've already talked about that teaching where we teach the Bible, any sermon worth preaching is based on what the scripture says. It's not just on any stuff or what Reader's Digest may have to say. Teaching here is different than you will find anywhere else in the community. What we talk about here in the church as we meet together really relates to our spirituality and our spiritual relationship, which affects our, our practical relationship in all ways as we connect with God and as we then begin to live out what we learn. And it's essential to teaching on life, to, to see God's instruction on how to live life, how to do relationships, how to deal with eco- economics, and how to live success, truly live successfully in the world in which we live. And so we go to the source scriptures, not just some popular opinions of the day or whatever might get you elected, uh, but to go to the source, to what the scriptures teaches us. We're devoted to teaching, but we're also devoted to fellowship, to care and connecting. And again, as I've talked about, where we, where we fellowship together, where we encourage one another on a spiritual level and beyond simply just hanging out, where we actually do life together. Now, it is so important that we extend that beyond just here on Sunday morning, but we connect with people in smaller groups somehow in ways where we connect with other people, where we can talk about those things and interact and, and really um, um, work through those things to live life together. But we can greatly expand that as we gather together in community like this. We're devoted to breaking of bread, 
Now that talks partly about uh, as we gather together once a month, we break bread as we come to the Lord's table where we, where we as community together come to the table to celebrate what Jesus Christ has done for us. To remember the fact that he allowed his body to be broken and his blood to be shed so that we can be made whole, that we can have forgiveness and that we can have life free before God and walk with him. That truly our lives can be, can be washed clean because of what Christ has done. So we remember that and we celebrate that as we gather together, as we commune as the body together around his table. But also relating to breaking of bread in terms of eating together. As Pastor Chris so, so wonderfully illustrated for us last Sunday, our need to do that in community as we break bread together, as we eat together. And, and there's times when I wish what we could do as a church is, and I'm not sure how we would do that yet, but where we could, after the service on Sunday morning, that instead of just all going home, that we could just kind of suddenly throw tables everywhere and gather around the table and actually share a meal together so that we could truly fellowship together as a community. But to find ways to do that now, maybe there's a way we can do that down the road, but to, to, to take that time together to be around the table as we celebrate God. And finally, we're devoted to prayer, to where we connect with God in reality. Now, here is what I would encourage us to do when we come to a service like this. I know that the worship leaders sometimes will lead us in prayer. When they lead us in prayer, join your heart with their prayer. Don't just sit and listen to the prayer, but actually pray together with them. Or when, when whoever is emceeing here, as Pastor Chris did this morning, and leads us in prayer, again, join in. Join your heart to pray together so it's us together raising our voices through that person before God, to come before God. There's something about being united together as the community and prayer together. Now, this all has to do with our spirituality, however we might want to define it. Who am I? Who is God? How do we connect? How do I connect with God? How do I do that better and more intimately? And how does this all make a difference in my life as I live my life? Now, do you have to have it all together before you show up here on Sunday morning? Well, if we did, uh, this place would be empty probably. We don't have it all together. We're all on a spiritual journey. We're all in a different place on that journey. So together, as we meet together, we help one another along the journey. We help to develop our spirituality, if you want to put it in those terms. We help one another to draw close to God, to do that together. So why go to church Well, go to church to discover your spirituality. Discover who God is as you learn about God. Because it doesn't stop with you. It goes far beyond you to where you connect with who God is. Learn about yourself in relation to God. And as we discover who we are in relation to God, suddenly we realize our huge dependence on him. And it draws a response And so then we connect with God and then join with others on this spiritual journey. So if that is your need, if that is your desire, then this is the place for you. This is the place 
for your neighbor. To meet together, even in person, regularly. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your amazing work in our lives and how you design life. 